We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation podcast, episode 28 with Ethan over at First Victory Films. And without further ado, I'm going to let Ethan introduce himself. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, it's Ethan Mayer from First Victory Films. Um, how are you doing, man? How's it going? Doing good, man. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on. All right. So the first question is, uh, what are some social media platforms you use to help promote your brand and your message? Uh, social media platforms I use, I primarily use Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Those are um, heavily the platforms that I like to use because they go hand-in-hand hand with media. Uh, Twitter, not as much. Um, the Facebook's more so for uh, having to book and having to have contacts um, with clients that are uh, primarily um, in the surrounding area. So that's what I use those for. Oh, absolutely. No, especially when you're running a, a film uh, business, you have to... You have to make sure you get the right coordinates down, make sure you're at the right place, and just make sure everything's perfect. So important to book, for sure. Absolutely. And actually, that's a great segue question, too. What is the backstory behind uh, First Victory Films? Okay, so First Victory Films was a creation I had when I was deployed to the Middle East. It was something that had been in the making beforehand, but really was honed in when I was deployed. And I had the time to sit and evaluate what I was going to do when I came back to the U.S. Mm -hmm. So I was gone for 12 months, and I decided that through the skills I had had through film and school that I wanted to start my own company and have my own culture to develop and pursue my passion with it. I mean, that's really what it came down to. No, it's important sometimes the passion. And with just a quick follow-up question, would you say just deploying and taking the time away from kind of the, the rat race of life, giving you more a new perspective on your journey? Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, not only do you not have the distractions, you don't have your friends at home to go drink with and hang out with. You don't have your family at home. Of course, you're concerned, but you don't have those, you know, the distractions of the weekends and of the holidays because you're there to work and to do a job for the country. Right. And so you know that at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do. You will have your time at work and you have a time off there. But when you're there and you're off work, you, you, you have that time to sit. And to, you know, to contemplate kind of like what you've been doing, the things that you see, you, you get to think about every day and think about, dang, like when I go home, I can't wait to do this when I go home. That's the thoughts that start to creep after like four or five, six months. Right. And then uh, that's the time I use to think, all right, how do I start a business? Why do I want to start a business? And what can I do to start it now? And that's what I started doing. Right. And sometimes those distractions not being there and those, although they're concerning, like your family, of course, your friends, you think about them in the back of your mind, knowing the fact that you have that free time and that, you know, openness to create something, you go for it and you need to start something great for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I spent the time to, you know, and, and, you know, like I sat in a tent, I lived in a tent the entire time and uh, we had like a tent with a little bit of Wi-Fi and it didn't work very well. <laughs> wow. Um a bunch of the sites over there are blocks. There's a lot of sites that you can't even access, but I would sit there and I'm like, you know what? How do you start a website? How do you start a business? What can I read about? I couldn't even load YouTube that easy. I mean, I had to wait for that to buffer sometimes all day for just a 10 minute video. So you sit down and read the basics of building a business. And it, it actually helped me to have that time to do it. 
No, the more free time, especially sometimes when technology gives you a challenge, you just adapt and innovate towards it and make things happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, that's the backstory of it. Absolutely. So, question three: What are some lessons you have learned from the early stages of developing First Victory Films, and how do you market the company now than just when you started? Well, the lessons I had learned was that the building blocks are what are going to carry your company forward. If you're, if you're not patient and you don't really sit down and develop a plan and it doesn't have to be an extensive 10 year plan, but you develop that plan a and you stick with that plan a and move forward with it. And that plan can have changes in it, but you never fall back to a plan B. You never put everything to scratch. Just really hone in on spending your time and effort and energy to work on your main goal. First, break it down into daily habit goals and, proceed with those to reach these larger monumental marks that you have. Right. But, um, but for me, you know, that was a good, like takeaway. I set down a budget and I set down what I was going to do with the budget and what I was going to do for the first three months. I started with that simply just those three things and developed that. And then every three months I kind of adjusted until now. That's important. Um, you know, no, you're absolutely right. I'll let you finish after, but it's just important to take those small steps to lead to bigger steps. You can continue. Yeah, and, and it's it's hard because we're not taught patience in the world we live in now. Right, right. You know, I've grown up with the internet uh, since I was born. I mean, hardly, but but since then. And so it's always hard to think, all right, there's nothing that outweighs experience and hard work, but we think it can be just because we have the internet. Just because their tools speed up the process doesn't mean it outweighs the process of the hard work and experience. So having the foundation to be patient and to work at the little goals and understanding that, you know, you're not going to be successful in one day, one month, or even one year. It takes time. Right. And I think if you could kind of overcome that fact that instant gratification needs to happen every minute and you overcome and say, nah, I need to be more patient. I need to have more time, develop things more clearly. You'll get over that beginning hump and then you'll start progressing further as you kind of take a step back knowing it's going to be the journey and the marathon. I got you. Absolutely. So you mentioned building blocks. This is actually important. Thank you for your service, by the way, uh, in the military. Appreciate it. Thank that. you. Uh, how has serving in the military helped you with leadership and motivation to pursue your dreams in life and just the building blocks that that's taught you? I, I was fortunate and unfortunate, I guess you could say, in some regards. Um, I joined the military to go through a leadership program specifically to become an officer. So as an officer, you right. are a leader in the Army. You're a commissioned officer. It's, it's a completely different world when you become an officer versus when you join as, an, as a private enlisted. And so we're taught at a very, very beginning stage, when you learn the fundamentals of the Army, you learn the fundamentals of leadership with it. And when you join as an enlisted person, you just learn the fundamentals of the Army and your job, and that's it. So you learn the leadership aspects. You get those through time and experience in, in that realm. But as an officer, you need to learn that right away. And they really put that pressure on you to, to, you know, to absorb that, but also to display it as well. So within your first year, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you learn about the army and you're learning what to do and what not to do. And then you're being tested on it right away as a leader, like as a small, you know, a team leader, a squad leader, and then all the way up to a platoon leader, which is 35 people. That's the goal. Cause when you commission, that's typically your first job. You have a platoon that you're in charge of and you take full ownership of those guys. And it's interesting how you mentioned the transition. Sometimes you got to have to learn it quick, and then you got to turn it right around. But would you say just anything, any moment in particular where you felt like 
you had your control was good, but then was just any setbacks or anything that really progressed you from going forward, or you felt like you handled it pretty well? There's setbacks, and the experiences really do change and develop you. It It's just been, you know, very few progressive steps forward at a time, followed by, you know, some really good experiences and really bad ones back to back, back to back. And that's kind of how it is as a leader anyways, especially when you're learning, because then you're learning how to adapt. But right. The biggest challenge was the deployment. Um, I think from a person perspective as, you know, having to manage people every day for a whole year, you know, at the age of 22, 23 years old, when I was, you know, into that role for the very, very first time, it was very hard to do because you're in charge of guys that are like 45 years old with combat experience and you're coming in there brand new and you do not know as much as them, but you need to learn how to manage them well use the assets and use what they have as good skills versus bad ones and know when to place them and when to voice your opinion and take control of, you know, what could go wrong, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes knowing when to do the right thing and knowing when to make the right move, knowing when to step into place, step out of place, getting outside your comfort zone, knowing all these elements and these factors, it pushes you to a new level and it gives you a deeper appreciation of how you do things, not just in the military, but it also kind of, tails back when you get back to reality for sure oh yeah oh yeah on a whole whole bunch of levels <laughs> oh absolutely yeah and that, that's actually a great segue into question five so what are some challenges in the process of making and editing professional films uh the challenges face the um a big challenge that can be hard for people is uh the technology aspects the fact that mm-hmm. when you work with clients um they don't understand kind of what can be put into a film, how you have not just the visuals with the camera, you have multiple personnel to work there, you have audio equipment, you have lighting, you have the weather, and then when you go to the editing process, all of this can look great and fine, but you might miss one little part, and you have to redo something. So it's finding kind of the structure of like the framework of like, all right, for every film, we need to make sure we have X, Y, and Z shots, X, Y, and Z audio, a backup for everything. And in the creative process, that's when I like to have the most creative freedom for a client is actually develop a story for them Um, because all of these technical skills are great but then when you know how to um, execute them for a story that you create for a customer or a client that's when it amplifies into being from good to great interesting you know just quick follow would you say your job is more creative and you have to be more versatile or and and how long does it actually take is it like a day two or What's the time frame? And do you feel like you got to be more versatile in certain areas other than just film? Uh, the versa- well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say um, my job where I'm at now has, has slightly changed. Um, before that, I didn't have anyone I worked with. So when I first started, it was just me. So right. I had to juggle every part of it. Now I've been pushing more towards the business side and the creative side. And mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm good at pitching to clients what the benefits are to having us help you with the creative marketing value instead of just the video with what they want because sometimes a client won't know they might think they know what looks good but when you see it behind the camera and when you see it in post-production it doesn't hold the same value as their thoughts so the like the communication between me and the client has been a big um, thing to help connect the guys that I work with to execute a good film and then also have the client make sure that it fits their vision and their dream at the same time. That's been the really big puzzle piece that's been new for me. Interesting. And then I'm glad you brought up the team. We'll get to that in a second. But it's interesting how you have to kind of take it step by step and really 
focused on so many things and from where you started with just you got to do everything you got to make sure everything's right lighting and and you mentioned the weather which is interesting that's kind of a thing i never thought expected but sometimes you don't get the right weather on a certain day you have to take that into factor absolutely yeah the yeah the weather can be can be a pain you shoot uh you shoot some you know i mean if you shot one part in the snow especially here up in the Pittsburgh area, it might be snowing one day. And if you want to match the same scene, the next oh, day yeah. it could be 35, 40 degrees. The snow melts. I mean, that's just one example. But then you put like, let's say there's a storm that happens or it's it's super bright day. And then it's, you know, that's when you kind of have to adjust your scenes and be like, okay, how can we use this day um, and not waste the whole day just because something changed, just because one of the variables is out of place. You have to count all variables. That's important. And sometimes when you get all that, accountability you'll feel more accomplished knowing you kind of did so it's, it's interesting how you have to balance that it's very uh very, it seems time consuming but if you get to down to a science it's not it's not i'm not gonna say it's easy but it's a little bit more uh less challenging so that actually oh, moves yeah. and it moves into question six how is the team you now have assembled from day one to now help the process of working with clients and the actual shopping of the film and the scene and shooting of the film as well well, the team, the team that I started to develop is I looked for people that were creative locally that had, of course, camera skills, but people that I can also lead and teach, but also know that they can execute some of the simple tasks. Right. And when I realized that I was taking on larger projects for more clients, there's only so much I could do on my own that I actually needed that help. So first and foremost, I made sure there was skilled people that could be reliable. And now they've kind of came into this creative process with me where we open up to conversation discussions at every meeting on on certain projects and what we can do to make them better than just what the client wants out of it give that client uh like a price packaging where we can offer more than than what they are trying to look for at the beginning and that's a big thing that we've been trying to develop i have a team of three people right now we're going to take on another guy a fourth guy Mm -hmm. and uh that four-man team will probably be staying how it is for the next year unless we have um more clients that are going to be coming in with larger productions that we got to do 10 people on at some point. Oh, that's interesting. Kind of more steady growth rather than kind of go full blast. You kind of just take it you know, one by one. You get that full growth at the end, the light at the end of the tunnel, per se. Yes. Yeah. The team culture, I want to develop well. And so I'm very picky with who we work with internally because that's going to make uh, that can make or break how the jobs will get done, how projects get done, how people work together. That's very critical, and that's a big thing I learned from deployment. That when you have a couple people that are just toxic to the environment, it, it can really hinder you. And so it's a thing I really I look for people that want to work hard, that want to learn, and I can teach them and carry them through as a leader for them into these projects. No, it's important to kind of have that environment so you don't have to make them feel uncomfortable. And when you get them to a certain point, you'll get them more comfortable in their own skin. As you said, that's, that's, a, that's actually a great point to kind of focus more on the atmospherical team, the team conditions and the company conditions, then they'll develop as they continue to progress. That's a good point. Yes. Yes, indeed. Question seven. How has your support system been like when you went to the military and through the journey of the filmmaking industry so far? Uh, support through my friends or family or oh, from... yeah. friends, friends or family, anything that's just anybody who's really been there for you through this time. Um, well, my wife, we got married right before deployment. Um, we sped up that process 
for the reasons of, you know, it, it helps her along with that journey. And then also, I mean, I wanted to know that I have a wife when I come home and she knows that she has a husband. And so she's been, been a strong bond to help me through the deployment. She did an outstanding job while I was gone. She sent me packages when she could. And we talked to each other every couple of days when we could. And there's no way to go through something that's uh, that stressful without somebody that you can lean on and have the stress to, to talk to. Um, so she's been the biggest supporter for me and up until now too i mean she has to deal with me being gone sometimes for like a 12-hour work day um so i try to do the best i can for her because she's put so much time and effort through the ringer for me um that most people can't even fathom and deployments hurt more the families and the soldiers i can promise you that soldiers might go through a lot of troubling times but the families often have to reap them being gone. And then also the problems they might have, the families have to deal with. And they don't, since they don't understand, it can be a tough challenge. No, absolutely. Sometimes when you have the, when you go out as a soldier, you know, you got to do that job for the country, as you kind of said earlier. But then when you have the family side, just wondering, is he okay? Or is he okay when they go out to deployment? It kind of in the back of your mind, they're thinking, you never know, this could be the last time. So it's important to kind of have an open communication, your wife doing a great job by kind of talking you through it when you had a chance, it makes it makes the ride more smooth and the time go a little faster. Yes. Oh yeah. And, and, and it's a thing that, you know, it's, it's tough. I mean, the divorce rate for guys are in like, you know, the higher tier units in this country, it's up to like 90%. And it's because it's, it's hard for families. It's, it's a job for them essentially too. Yeah. It's a, it's important that, but at least you guys kept that open communication. You're absolutely right. Sometimes, things don't always work out and things happen with whether it be divorce or just a separation. So it's important to keep the family bond, the family tie together and make it more suitable for the environment. And that actually is a good question with collaboration uh, in the question eight, kind of more of an off topic here, but if you could collaborate with any filmmaker or film company in the world, who would it be and why? Ooh, filmmaker, film company. There's uh there's two thoughts to this approach for me. Um, I would want to split it into a, I guess you could say, traditional film um, producer and director, and then also one of somebody that's more through the eyes that I see through YouTube, through inspirational personnel. So I would split into Quentin Tarantino and um, on a very opposite end of the spectrum, Peter McKinnon, who's on YouTube. And the reason I picked those two is because they've influenced me heavily. But if I could see the film set for Tarantino movie like Pulp Fiction, that would be a dream come true if I could help out with that set nice. in any way, shape or form and try to collaborate and just get the hands and my feet wet on like how he makes those great films. And then on the other end of the spectrum, a guy that I see through YouTube that started where I am and he's now one year into his channel has over a million and a half people that subscribe to him now. And he makes some of the best online content and storytelling that I've ever seen. Interesting. It's kind of, it's kind of that different mix with Quentin and Peter. Would you say you would vibe with Peter or Quinn more if you if you did if you ever did get a chance? Which one would you feel more comfortable working with conditions, or it be about the same? I think probably Peter McKinnon, and the reason is Quentin Tarantino. I don't know as much about because he's not a YouTube personality, so you don't get to know that person as well right. from his films. He's the darker side of me. He's that dark humor side that. Um, that I love and the storytelling is just amazing and the way he does it is amazing. I think on a personal, you know, person to person engagement, I think Peter would be more up my alley. 
to work with. Interesting. You know, it's kind of blending in with the YouTube crowd, making it more comfortable there. And, and you know, sometimes you have the, the dark humor style like uh, Quinn, but it's crazy how sometimes they don't, they don't have to be in YouTube and yet you still recognize the face to the voice. It's, it's, it's impactful. I know what you're saying. So question nine, what are some messages you would give to a rising filmmaker or just a rising person who wants to start a company and make a name for themselves? I think rising from the perspective I have now is that, you know, things that I would tell them is that, you know, it, it's a journey and spend time on your craft because most people that try to film make, whether that be professional through YouTube, mm -hmm. they can't do it on their own with the finances they have. Like people have to work a job still because you don't start by making money and camera gear is expensive. So that hand in hand right there, it's a tough start, right? I mean, it's more accessible now than it ever has been, but it doesn't make it easier to actually physically do the work every day. I spend time every day, no matter what I do, learning something about, filmmaking or business and I sit down for two hours every single day and I learn something new because I need to learn something new to keep progressing and I would tell people that keeping that consistency those daily consistent patterns and routines are what is going to keep you in tune and refining your skill and progressing because those long big goals that take a year or five years or 10 years they come down to people that work hard every day they're not magic somehow <laughs> right. to make you know to make a great film or a million dollars or a big budget, you know, it's the people that have consistently good routines and good practices are the ones that become successful because that will, will grow you slowly. And it's tough though. Cause there's days where you just, you're like, you know what? I, I can't think of anything creative to film. And that's when I go in my house and I think of something fun to film instead of going out and about, or if I travel, I film every time I travel, every time I try to film something, even if I don't use it, I get in the habit of thinking, like a film creator on what I can do. And then it gives me ideas for scenes later on or ideas for films I can do later when I go back and see the footage. And I think, dang, next time I go in an airport, I should do this because it would look great for a scene whenever I get the chance to use it. Definitely being aware. I think that's a, aware consistency is what I got out of that because sometimes we live in an era with technology being so important. Just taking that, kind of taking away from the break from the main course and just kind of go on the side and doing something whether it be an airport, traveling somewhere, getting away from it, and just taking quick pictures. You never know where that could lead to an idea or spark another idea. And especially especially at a youth or at a young rising uh, star, as they like to say, it's important, consistency. So if you're consistent, chances are you'll get more uh, more chances and more cracks at it, even if it fails or learns. Just failure is just learning. So it's important to always be consistent and try new things. Always be open to that. Oh, of course. And – you know, it's the times where you don't want to do it, but you decide to do it. Those times become the most beneficial for you. And that extends to any realm of what you can think of. You know, the times where you don't want to work out. I mean, it can be applied to that for trying to lose weight, you right. know, but it can be applied to business, to the things that I do. It's, it's those times where I sit and think, man, I'd rather do something else today. I'd rather have free time, but instead I sit down and I crank out some good work and then I'm thankful later that I did it during the hard times. And uh, during the times where I didn't want to, I'm glad I have the content to use and I'm glad I filmed and I'm glad I went to edit and learn something new. And it's always been helpful to do it, even when it's not been the most pleasant time. No, absolutely. The hardest days you have to encounter and they have to deal with in your life, the adversity, as they say, it, it makes it more, more beneficial in the long run. If you just actually push through that adversity 
and continue to make things happen rather than kind of getting sucked into that vacuum of, oh, no, I'm just going to quit or just going to stop today. You need, you need to keep pushing through or otherwise it could, it could actually lend you two steps backwards. It's important to be consistent and try new things even when the times get rough and down. Absolutely. So question 10, what are your goals in the next five years? Would it be the film company, just personal goals, or anything you want to share to the uh, Anchor Nation? All right. Well, Anchor Nation, um, I'm going to try to give you my best context of what I've been planning. But um, for the film company, we're developing small now as a film company primarily. But the, the two people I've hired, we do photography and film now. Along with that, we're going to try to spread out into more media marketing and helping companies with their marketing through film photography as packages for social media. We want to develop this this plan, this streamlined process for them so that we can go there and create noticeably good content for them and help them to execute the content when they want to post it to use it on a regular basis all the way up to their website. So we're going to branch out from just film production into a media company at some point. Um, that's been the slow progress. As well as that, I also... Um, run some merch on my website and I'll actually be developing a clothing company. That's going to be a lifestyle clothing company this summer. So that'll be a new relaunch rebrand, I guess you could say. And that's going to be a subcategory to the media company. It'll be uh, the lifestyle company as well, just through clothing. So that's our biggest goals coming up probably this year. Five-year marker is kind of hard to say, but we want to have a studio in Pittsburgh. That's what our ultimate goal is to have a studio space where we can work with clients, have a green screen room, equipment rentals, and facilitate being able to work more with clients in, in that realm where, where they can meet us there and work on projects that are with us. And we can have, um, you know, more to offer than what the average person does in Pittsburgh. Interesting. Now, I'm glad you're kind of branching out with the more merchandise side. Just a real quick follow-up. Would you say the end goal would also be more you have more time with, uh, I'm, I'm thinking a growing team too, just more one-on-one -on -one time with the client. You can sit down a little bit more and have more longer conversations when you're not so much pressed for time or like the tough days. Oh yeah. And I mean, the clients that we've had already, they've been great. I mean, I've made friends with a lot of clients and it's been, it's been a great working relationship. So right. we want to build clients that we can last for not just one project or two products, but we want them for the whole year to have a contract for a year where they can always come to us with, problems with media, ideas that they have, and things that we can facilitate helping them with on the technical side of film production and photography that, that they might not be as experienced with. Instead of them having to work on developing a marketing team themselves, they can come to us and be like, hey, we want X, Y, and Z done. And they know that they can come to us for that whole year without any issues. It's important to expand not just to the film, but to the marketing and the more business side. And it gives you more not only gives you more value in the company's sake, but it also gives more value to your team and the clients to know that, hey, there's just not one person that there's other people like Ethan here at First Victory Films, and he will give you the best production at 100% every time and give you the heart and soul into it. I got you. Yeah, that's the goal. I mean, it goes hand in hand with like us wanting to develop a culture. Like I said, the lifestyle right. clothing is one expression of it, but the media company too will have those same ideals that we want a transparent culture that people can trust and that will help with creativity because media creativity is huge right now and it's only going to get bigger and we want to be the forefront of that production going forward in the pittsburgh and hopefully global region but right now in the pittsburgh area yeah i, I think i'm glad you mentioned culture because media and culture do go hand in hand 
for every everything you do with the culture, the media kind of it kind of sways. So if you kind of could get ahead of the game and get more of the we call it, focused on some things, not just you know globally, but right now for Pittsburgh, then it'll kind of build up and be patient. Then it'll build up globally. I got you. Yes, yeah, that's the goal. That's the goal. Branch out to like New York, maybe down to LA. Those are some pretty big goals, but uh, that's the challenges that I'm going to look forward to. Interesting. All right, so we go to our final question. What is one thing you like to tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you, and it could be a fun fact? A fun fact. Okay, um, they do not know about me. Okay, uh, before I was in the Army, I actually came to college for diving. I dove it's... Division Two on the swim team, and then in the summertime, I actually dove for a show diving company. So I was actually technically a professional athlete before I became a filmmaker and in the army. Um, yeah, that's how I got my way into college was through the swimming and diving team here at Clarion. And uh, that's a fun fact about me. I've been an athlete my whole life, um, actually less now since I've been doing this, but I still go to the gym regularly. Obviously, I have to train for the military, but that's my fun fact. Interesting. Now, would you say, do you get a chance, when you do get a chance to any, uh, ever dive again, would you? go back and do if you had to change something professionally? Would I have gone back to, to change it from beforehand or would I go back now? If, yeah, or you both. Know, <laughs> both. Either one, either one. Um, my experience through diving was, was extremely great. I mean, I love to be an athlete and I was very competitive with it. Um, at the time I got burned out. I, I, I quit earlier than I should have. My talent could have kept going. If I was to go back now, I probably had the best time during that time period because it was, it was when I was the most athletic and had the most fun and had a team environment. But now as I move forward, that team environment's what I'm developing again, you know, so I can always have a team with me, even when I'm not a part of something like a diving team or a sports team for a college. Right. Now the team aspect always stays, uh, stays in your hand and stays in your back of your mind. And anybody out there, uh, if you're listening and you're a diver, Ethan's your guy. He's got a great film company. Check him out. Uh, but before we go, Ethan, uh, you like to DM your social media to let uh, your fans know where you are? Uh, yes. Yeah. So if you want to find me on Instagram, it's at First Victory Films. On Facebook, First Victory Films LLC, if you want to look that up. And our website is www.firstvictoryfilms.com. Like I said there, you can talk to me through any of those platforms. But um, that would be the best place to find me. Check us out for our clothing, the wedding packages. We kind of have a variety on the website to check out. So, Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Ethan. And thank you out there in Anchor Nation Land. Appreciate you guys giving your undivided attention as always. And, Ethan, thanks again, man, and we are signing off. Thank you very much. All right, guys. See you later. Quick shout-out, Ethan, over at First Victory Films. Formal shout-out. Thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Thanks for your time. Appreciate how you answered the questions. It was open to conversation. And good luck in the future, my friend. Shout out to Ethan. Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio. And I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, follow me at the Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under the Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.